Welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview treasury professionals about their treasury careers. Each and every week, I talk to them about how they've built their careers, where they are now, where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. Let's get on with the show. This week's show, delighted to be joined by Paolo Cubis, the head of treasury at Electrolux Professional Group. Headquartered in Stockholm, Sweden, Electrolux Professional Group is one of the leading global providers of food service, beverage, and laundry solutions. Sending a wide range of customers globally from restaurants and hotels to healthcare, educational, and other service facilities. Commercial activities focus on three main geographic areas, which we're going to explore a little bit more, but the Americas, Europe, and Asia Pacific, Middle East, and Africa. But as I say, they've been they've got Wow, let's look at these. Some of the numbers, 4,000 employees, 12 manufacturing plants, operating more than 110 markets worldwide. But I'm going to get Paolo to talk us through that a little bit later on in the show. He's got a truly international background, so we're going to go back to his international roots. So take us back to the beginning, if you would. You know, so how you first discovered the world of treasury, because you came into finance, but then you did trading and you've got, obviously, as you say, Brazilian background and things like that. We can see that. But if you would like, take us back to your origin story, Paolo. Over to you, sir. Hello, Mike. Hello, everyone. It's an absolute delight to be part of the show. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a listener. So really excited to, to be here. As any Brazilian boy, I was fascinated with football and, and had a, a dream to become a footballer. That didn't turn out to be the case, but at least football gave me scholarship to, to get my bachelor's degree in, in the U.S., which was a great opportunity to, to start with. That was also where I had a chance to be introduced to, to finance, working for Northwestern Mutual, spent a few summer months as an intern working with, with financial advisory. And from, from that point on, I, I knew that financial market was my passion, right? So I moved back to, to Brazil after I graduated, had a brief experience with, with controlling, which was great, gave me the opportunity to navigate further into accounting and, and, and controlling, worked for ExxonMobil for, for a little bit and, and try to expand my studies into into the financial and, and capital markets, which then provided the opportunity to go into a brokerage firm, work with equities and, and futures, later as an investment consultant at one of Brazil's biggest uh, retail banks. I want to jump in there and ask you, so then you're talking about Paolo being an investment consultant, if you like, back in, well, turn of the decade, if you like. So it's 2011, 2013, I know there was monetary reform in Brazil. What was it like for you? Because you were literally at the front end of that. What, what was that for like for you with all the risks to analyze and manage and things? What was it like for you? Uh, well, it, it was interesting, of course, a, a great school. Brazil had gone through, through monetary reform in the 90s, which brought a cap and, and some stabilization on on both inflation and, and, and the currency, that definitely helped. Around the time I was an investment consultant, we could still see high single-digit, low double-digit inflation in, in the country. Interest rates at levels that 
the more mature economies weren't used to anymore. Although now uh, in the past couple of years with, with the inflationary pressures in, in Europe and the US, that suddenly is, is not such a distant memory, right? But uh, it, it was an interesting time. Of course, Brazil is a more regulated economy currency is, is non-convertible, you, you have some, some limitations in, in those senses, you adapt, right? It, it is a huge country, big economy, a lot of opportunities. So you, you adapt to the nuances of, of the market and, and the economy and, and learn along the way. And that was actually what propelled my, my, my introduction to, to Treasury, which was, which was a great transition to be honest and when you say transition treasury in brazil you know and obviously that was where you started your journey with electrolux what was it presented to you as you know oh here's a treasury job you're like really but it was more obviously it was more front office and trading focus at that stage was it just a oh you know this is just working for a corporate or how how was it for you at that stage it was new of course i had some experience at that point on, on the sell side, right? Working for an equity broker or, or a bank. Now jumping over to, to, to the other side on, on, on the buy side, working for a corporate, of course, there was a learning curve. And uh, I can only thank the people that have been part of my career and my journey for taking a bet on me, right? I, I had never been part of a corporate treasury. My first experience was front office experience, which comes with, with a lot of responsibility. So I, I need to be thankful to the people that looked at my profile, my, my drive and my ambition to learn and, and really took a bet. So it was an interesting transition. Of course, early on, on in, in that process, it was easy to realize that treasury had become a passion and, and would be where I expected my career to develop, right? And and I had the chance to, to really specialize working for Electrolux in, in Brazil in the in the regional treasury center there, which oversaw the whole region, right? So coming back to your question about the, the economic environment, yeah. then at that point in time I, I had the opportunity to expand beyond Brazil and, and work with the whole of, of Latin America, right? And there, there you have a, a range of, of countries that treat economic policy and, and, and monetary policy in, in different ways. I had to deal with hyperinflation in, in Venezuela, in Argentina, for, for example, with capital controls in, in those countries. So great learning experience, great learning opportunity to expand my my knowledge and and really continue the the path to to specialize in in treasury and can you just again as we do each week you were investments but then electrolux can you just give us a, a an explanation of the company maybe starting with the brazilian arm and then more generally wider and everything else because that also then we'll talk later on about spin-off process and everything else electrolux you know who are they or were, who were they at the time in brazil and what was the company globally? Absolutely. So Electrolux is one of the largest global manufacturers of, of 
home appliances mm-hmm. and at at the time also professional appliances which is the portion of the business that got later spun off and, and we'll we'll talk about it what's the difference between a professional and a, a domestic then or how does it differ consumer goods and domestic appliances are well or or kitchen appliances the the refrigerator the the, the stoves the if we go to our own laundry room in in our houses and in our apartments the the appliances that you and I as, as uh, retail consumers use every day, right? Mm-hmm. Professional appliances, then we're talking about serving businesses. So cooking equipment for, for restaurants, restaurant chains, bars, cafes, laundry equipment for, for laundry services, laundries for, for commercial laundries, for hospitals, for, for elderly care institutions etc right so we are talking about different scales in terms of of machinery but but also different end consumers right and when you started when you were with electrolux you know first starting there back in 2013 was it all together it was all together exactly so i entered the regional treasury center in LATAM in Brazil. The focus of, of the business in LATAM was consumer goods. So uh, the professional appliance business had a, a small participation in, in, in the region. But uh, yes, still one, one company. Then, of course, Electrolux globally has a large presence in, in the US, in Europe, in, in Asia, and also in LATAM where, where I was. So from there, I had the opportunity to, to work closely with, with Group Treasury in, in Stockholm, where, where Electrolux is headquartered, and, and had the chance to dip my toes into an European treasury later on. And you, you just let's, let's focus on that for So you moved 2016 from Brazil to Stockholm. What was that like by the weather? Because you know, that's a heck of a, heck of a change. <laughs> Exactly. I'm I'm from the south of Brazil, so we deal with a little bit of cold weather. Yeah. But of course, Stockholm. Uh, I've been I've been to Sweden in in those months. There's cold weather, and then there's Stockholm, Sweden. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wear every mem- bit of clothing you can some of the time. Exactly, and and the the darkness is is probably the the part that that hits you the most, right? In exchange, during the summertime, you get all the light you, you can get. So you, you just need to temper your expectations and, and make the best of each season, which in, in Stockholm and in, in, in Sweden, the seasons are, are really pronounced, right? Yeah. And what was the, you know, then on a company basis for you, you know, ma- moving from Brazil to then you're at the center, what, what, did, what was that like for you as a treasury journey, as a treasury professional? I had the opportunity to, to work closely with Group Treasury already, already prior to, to my move. Of course, that enabled the opportunity to, to, to fill in a, a position when, when it was available at Group Treasury. We had very good interaction, very good cooperation between the Latin Treasury Center and, and the Group Treasury in Stockholm. So from that point of view, the transition was uh, as smooth as, as it could be. And then the, the learning curve applies, right? It's a different market. You're, you're then 
expanding again your horizons. So in my journey, ex had previously expanded from, from Brazil into LATAM, now into into Europe and, and the rest of the world, to, to be honest, with, with Group Treasury at, at Electrolux. So the learning curve there was also a very exciting journey. Had great people again in, involved in my in my personal journey that again took a chance and and saw the potential of what I could become as a professional. Great colleagues over time that made sure all the knowledge around could be shared, and, and that's something I really appreciate and I really try to bring into my own behavior, especially now as a leader, right, as head of, of a treasury, sharing of, of knowledge must be one, one of the priorities. How are you, you know, do you actively sort of go around the group or, you know, how, how do Electrolux structure it? Sorry to just chuck that question at you, but, you know, I mean it because there are, you know, you, you say, and I know that you and I have had a pre-call about that, but how do you share that knowledge? How are you, is it just over a coffee or how are you, how are you is it more formally structured than that? You need to combine both, I would say. You need to have the, the, the personal interaction and, and sometimes the, the, the informal conversation to get to people, uh, but also take advantage of, uh, of the formal forums and, and the formal opportunities that not only the company presents to you, but that, that you present to, to the company and, and your colleagues, right? We, we will soon get to the spin-off process of Electrolux Professional, of course, and then building group functions from the ground, that knowledge sharing aspect really, really becomes paramount. And so for the listeners today, can you then talk about, so back in 2019, as I can see, and people might not know, but Electrolux, Electrolux Professional, they sort of spun off or separated. What position were you in in Treasury and you know, what was that like for you going through that process? Because now you're the head of treasury for Electrolux Professional. Talk us through that, if you would. Absolutely. So in in 2019, the Electrolux group decided to spin off and, and separate the, the professional appliances business. Basically, the idea there was to provide the right focus to the specific customer groups, right? Uh, Electrolux, especially in how after the the spin-off and the, and the separation now specializes is, and, and is one of the largest providers of consumer appliances, right? So the, the appliances you and I, Mike, use every day in, in our homes. And Electrolux Professional uh, is now a separate company that specializes in, in professional appliances. So the cooking appliances that restaurants utilize every day, the laundry equipment that hospitals, institutions, and, and commercial laundry shops utilize every day. Can I ask what, how do they differ in finances yeah. in terms? Is it is it just a bigger scale, different commercial terms and things? Because they're more a commercial versus a domestic and sort of consumer-focused business. Is that why? Because one's consumer-focused and different drivers, and one is more professional and more sort of commoditized, if that's the right way to put it. But or, or is that why, or you know, how would you describe it? I would say Electrolux customer base is focused on, on the large retailers, mm -hmm. right? Of course, B2C business to, to consumer is, is increasing and, and, and that is a, a channel that Electrolux 
captures in, in its strategy, but still you're you're talking about the, the, the large retailers when when you think about consumer appliances, right? Where the, the shops where, where you go to, to buy your, your refrigerator or, or your stove or your uh, vacuum cleaner. For Electrolux Professional, we have both distributors supporting the, the, the supply chain, but we, we also deal directly with institutions and, and, and restaurants and restaurant chains. So we have both project-based sales, sales through, through distributors, right? And I think there is where the, the strategy and, and the customer focus really differentiates itself. And one of the main reasons why the decision for, for the spin-off was, was made. Another important aspect is, is that these are, in essence, although we, we talk appliances, consumer and professional appliances are, in essence, two different industries that operate at, at different margin levels that operate at, at different multiples. So providing the right focus. Yeah, exactly. So providing the right focus to each segment really gives both companies the, the opportunity to, to specialize on, on what they are best in, right? And, and for us, especially at Electrolux Professional now, it gives us the, the right opportunities to, to seek growth, to seek in, improvements and, and be our own. And with, you know, with that spin-off process, I know we spoke about it before, gave you different perspectives, different priorities as you went through that. Explain that to the audience, if you would. The spin-off process was, was a great experience, of course. Lux Professional was then separated and, and publicly listed in, in March of, of 2020. Of course, prior to that, a lot of preparation took place. Being previously, a, in, in essence, a, a business area of the larger Electrolux group, a lot of the group functions were, were shared with the group, right? So in order to prepare for the spin-off, we, we needed to build the, the group functions from, from scratch and treasury wasn't different. So. I had the opportunity to, to join. Uh, at the time, Treasury and, and M&A were, were led by, by Christian Yosio, who you actually had the, the privilege to, uh, to interview here as well. And we'll also put a link in the show notes to his episode because it was a great one with him as well. But actually on that, exactly. yeah, and, but you know, when you say that, you're just doing a spin-off, right? You can do exactly, surely you can just mirror what, what's happened before. Copy paste that that should be just the same, surely. You know, is it not that much tweaking needs to go on? Does it, or or was it very different? I'll say both. There are aspects where, of course, the the culture and the way things operated can can be replicated. Uh, but in essence, the entity that was spun off was smaller in size, right? So there, you already need to to start adapting to, to be practical for, for example, treasury group treasury at Electrolux had 20 plus people at Electrolux professional. We started with two fully dedicated people and, and the, the head of treasury and M&A, which who, who shared treasury and M&A responsibilities. So there alone you have 
to to adapt and, and scale to your new reality, right? Hmm. With a smaller team, you, you need to broaden yourself. You need to expand your reach, right? Being part of, of the trading desk at Electrolux gave me the opportunity to, to be very specialized in that mm-hmm. and moving into a front office at the time, a front office role at Electrolux Professional. Actually, I, I, I had to expand. I had to, to learn. I had to take into account more risk management aspects. I had to take middle office and, and sometimes even back office responsibilities. That was the case for me and, and the case for, for Eva, my, my colleague and, and cash manager. We, we needed to wear different hats a lot of times, right? So that, that experience alone was great. First, the opportunity to, to build something from scratch and we managed to, to do that. And then to expand your reach learn as much as you can and and looking back now of course there was a lot of hard work but now now we see and and we we reap the, the the results the the spin-offs happened in 2020 beginning of 2020 march more more specifically and and that's exactly when covid started to to become an issue right and restrictions started to apply and and our end customers were the most hit by the crisis, right? I mean, we ultimately serve restaurants, hotels, bars, cafes, who, who were forced to, to be closed, to be shut down. So it, it was definitely a challenging time, but then proved once again the, the value in, in, in the separation process. I mean, being our own organization, we, we could take actions fast. We could adapt to the new scenario we could remain profitable through through a tough time, and once we started to look at at the pan- pandemic in the in the rear rearview mirror, we we could go back to our growth ambitions, and and that has been the case. And just going back to that process as well, you know, just for anyone that's maybe going to go through the similar, they've got that approaching. Any kind of checklist, any any things that you think you know, reflecting back on that process, get this right, first of all, is it, you know, banks, is it just your basic processes or what are the key things for, you've been a listener, well, you are a listener, which is fantastic, but you hear me ask this quite often on the podcast. So as you reflect on it, what are the things that you would say, right, don't forget to do this? Well, one thing our group management got right was that we needed to be realistic and and practical. So before becoming the the treasury and in this case i'll I'll stick to to treasury because that's where where i was closely involved but uh, before becoming the the treasury we we want to to be we we need to take a step back in a separation process building new functions you you need to first simplify and and then evolve right so take care of the basic make sure you have your your banking and, and cash management infrastructure in, pla- in place. That is absolutely day one priority. So your business and, and your, your subsidiaries can be operational, right? They can perform payments. They can receive payments from, from customers. Then in parallel, ensure the, the availability of, of credit facilities, right? Get your banking group and your, your credit partners uh, on board 
first of all, the the the, the story and and the ambition behind the separation and and the new company, how you manage depth, growth, and and adversity. That is extremely important, and that that was actually in in our case even more important important and and capitalized by 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 the pandemic, right? And then with time, you shift the focus to 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 the strategic pieces, right? Go after the cash in with, within the organization, uh, manage working capital well, start working and 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 looking for ways to to improve, uh, ways to automate, ways to make processes better. But my the advice that I that I can provide is, well the basics right and with that foundation soon enough you you will evolve and and uh and see your your treasury grow and and be the business partner that the whole organization needs right uh, in in our case for example like i said we started with two people fully dedicated to to treasury or head of treasury also responsible for for MA. now we are four people fully dedicated to treasury and and that would never have happened if we didn't do the the groundwork and 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 the basis solidly right and you talked then you, you touched on say the the foundations of it but also i know you and i talked a little bit about people recruitment and things and we you know always you know we this podcast is hosted by the treasury recruitment company if you need people call us if you're looking for your next role Call us. Again, very simple lesson. But for yourself, you know, people-wise and management of teams and things, well, any, any takeaways from that? Again, you've heard it many times on the podcast and other people talking about it. What are your thoughts? We hear often and, and again that well, people are the most important asset in in any organization, right? And and you and I can can agree that that is always the case. So you, you, you need to be strategic. You need to sometimes be fortunate, but you, you, you need to put the, the, the priority it deserves, right? During the spin-off process, of course, uh, talent from the Electrolux group was, was shared with Electrolux professional in, in the new organization. And as time passed and, and we evolved as, Treasury and we grew as as a function. Uh, then the need to to recruit came, and it, it was actually recruiting was one of the the first and and most important strategic tasks that that I faced when I stepped up to become head of treasury. Of course, being part of a group like Electrolux Professional, uh, also like Electrolux previously, that constantly ranks as as a top employer and and when you hear people that have worked in the past for electrolux professional that work or or want to work for for electrolux professional saying so many nice and 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 uh, and good things about the company as as an employer that definitely supports yeah. so I'm, I, I was fortunate enough from from that point of view and then, of course, treasury is a specialized area, right? You, you need to look for the right talent at the right time 
it's not always easy. Sometimes you can be fortunate and, and do it with, with your own resources, but it's more often easier. than not. And, and Excuse it's, us. It's a lot easier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You should. You yeah. should. And actually, in, in our conversation, we, we talked a, a little bit about, about it and your presence in, in the Nordics and, and uh, as opposed to, to Europe, UK and, and the US, where, mm-hmm. where we know uh, you, you do a great job. But yes, especially for, for treasury specialized function, you, you, you need the right talent at, at the right time. And it's not uh, a function that is always well understood by, yeah. by other members of the organization and, and HR included. So if, if, you, if you can get a hold of specialized help, specialized support, we, we should. That, that, that is for sure. And I'll, I'll chuck in there, it's not an advert for the show, but it's more, we've, you know, Katie's been doing some amazing work in, in you know, and I started through the guys at Treasury 360, started going out to Sweden and then to Finland, and we've had a number of guests in the Nordics, so they're great. You know, you guys are amazing to have on the show, very giving of your time, and I'm very grateful. But Katie's been doing some great work in Finland, in Sweden, where I'm trying to think of some of the other places. Does some work in Helsinki recently. In fact, we've got some really good people out there as well. So if you are listening and thinking, oh, well, actually, you do cover it. Yes, we do. You know, so do come reach out. And, you know, we, we don't have, you know, it's not an advertorial, I'm not sure. We, we, we try and avoid that. But the fact is, exactly as you and I have talked about, Paolo, that we do actually cover that. And that, that's where we have this Nordic presence. And that's very much Katie's leading that and doing a really good job. And, it's it's a bit like well the other thing that just occurred to me before that was you say you can put everything every, anyone can advertise on LinkedIn easy yeah it's massive spray and pray that's all it is and I was going with a, a US client the other day and they said oh should we go on LinkedIn I said yeah yeah go for it and they're like, oh right I said yeah yeah I said you'll get the five to ten percent of people that are actively looking for a job today they want a job they're dissatisfied where they are maybe. That could be good. That could be bad. I said, but they're the 10%. So, oh yeah. I said, but you want one of the nine out of 10, don't you? And he was like, well, yeah, yeah, I do. I said, yeah, that's where we are. And people have said in the past, you know, well, what about LinkedIn? Is it a competition? No, it's not. You know, it, it's where you might go for the first thing. And then when you quite quickly, you get, don't get the results. You go, oh, actually we need a specialist. Ah, that's where we are. And that was, we hadn't been doing it for 25 years. When, uh, so you know, the, 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 sorry, I didn't want to get on the high horse. I'll get off that very quickly. <laughs> so we're approaching the no, absolutely, and especially especially in a in a tight labor market like like we are experiencing, right? I mean, it it gets challenging. Yeah, and I'm just I was just looking at some figures and some reports this morning that I think it's the U.S. market has 3.7 percent unemployment, which means you know, and in a way that you know we th- we feel for those people the 3.7. But what that means is that 96.3 are employed. So you're going to have to get people from other jobs to move people around. And that reflects across the Nordic. I mean, the Nordics is probably less. I wouldn't say about the employment rates. I don't know. But the point is in Treasury, you know, I had a situation earlier this year. They said, oh, have you got someone free? And I said, what do you mean? They went, well, you know, I think I was trying to say to them, what do you mean someone sitting at home now? A treasury manager just sitting, you know, watching the telly, thinking, "Oh, I hope the phone rings and another job comes up." And I was like, "No, a hundred percent of our treasury folks are employed at the moment. 
you know, there are people maybe finishing contracts and stuff. I said, it's not like, you know, general labor market where you might just have people floating around in treasury. It tends to be, they all come from another company. That's why we exist as well. So again, sorry, to, you know, I'll, I'll shut up. I don't want to do it. You know, let's go back to you. Let's go back to the case. No, it's it, exactly. No, but that talent management and, uh, I mean, especially depending on, on the position and, and the, the level of experience that is required, of course, it can, it can become very, very challenging. Yeah. Like I said in, in the beginning of the show, I was fortunate enough to, to have people taking a chance on me, right? Uh, I not necessarily always had the, the experience required for, for the positions I, I, was, uh, I was offered. But uh, I, I think I could transpire the, the, the right drive and the, and the right will to, to learn, and, and that definitely helped. So perhaps I, I, I am a product of that uh, tight, specialized market that not, not always means people are available. So, so you, you need to reach out and 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 look for for talent even if it's not ready and and packaged to to the needs you have right yeah yeah right yeah exactly well let's we're approaching the end of the show you hear me saying this a lot of weeks what are the takeaways we'll put your linkedin details in the show notes what are the takeaways you would give to people from someone that has you know, had a career that's gone US, Brazil, now in Europe, and, you know, real global treasury professional maybe. But, you know, what are the takeaways you'd give to people? The most important takeaways I, I would like to leave for, for the audience is, first of all, put yourself up for the challenge, right? Apply yourself, make yourself available. At one point or, or another, someone will take a chance on you and, and you need to be ready right? That was a, a big part of my professional history and one that I want to provide to, to other ambitious professionals, of course. And, and the final takeaway is for you as part of a, a, a treasury organization, as head of, of a treasury organization, be a business partner. That is w what we need to do. That needs to be the ambition knowing the business, getting close to, to operations, understanding the needs, that is the, where, where we can really provide value, right? We, uh, treasury can sometimes be romanticized, ro romanticized. Treasury can sometimes be perhaps uh, left aside, depending on, on, on the climate, depending on, uh, on the economic scenario, but we need to constantly uh, be the best business partner that that we can, right? Uh, always keeping in mind what the, the group, what the organization strives to to do and deliver to to investors. Well, great takeaways there. I mean, the one that really you know be up for that challenge and be prepared for it that you can come along at any time. I think that was great. And Paolo, thank you for listening each and every week. As you, you know, as we just talked there, there'll be a little bit of an edit, and then you'll be live. So, and everyone will listen to your amazing words thank you for sharing you know a lot of the stories about electrolux we'll put your linkedin details in the show notes people can connect to you your linkedin network will explode so thank you very much sir you've been an absolute star thank you mike and i i hope we, we will 
end up with with a nice talk and a nice product and in the end this was very exciting i appreciate it a lot and well i I hope we we keep in touch and i hope our own treasury organization keeps growing with with our business and that we can work together in in the future to to make uh that possible well don't worry you're on my speed dial now so yeah and and i'm on yours (laughs) you you have to now and and for anyone listening we do use these and actually recommended you know we did did a lot of recruitment for porsche and with Wolfgang, one of our most popular uh, podcasts, which is actually worth mentioning, we're going to rerun the episode in the summer because it's amazing. But actually, what I would say with you guys listening is, is he then used that and uh, as part of the recruitment package that people were able to listen to that and you can use it the same yourself. You know, you don't have to recruit from me. It's nicer if you do. But Paolo can, you know, be able to use this and it actually tells people why they want to be part of Electrolux. So, yeah, well, great job, sir. So thank you very much for your time today. Um, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Treasury professionals. Before you dive into the next episode, could you please help me continue to grow the world's only global Treasury salary survey? That's right, our one. We run the results quarterly. So you know your compensation is constantly benchmarked against the market and your peer group each and every three months. It's amazing, isn't it? Just go to treasurysalary.com. Takes less than two minutes to complete, start to finish. You then gain exclusive, regular, updated access to our salary survey, keeping you ahead of the curve. The survey is an evolving, breathing entity that constantly tracks the salaries of treasury professionals on a global basis. Currently, we have over 1,100 participants taking part. By the end of 2023, I want to hit 1,500, but that's where I need your help. Please make it happen at treasurysalary.com. Thank you for being such amazing loyal listeners. Your support is incredible. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you. Go to treasurysalary.com. Make it 1,500 for 2023. Love you guys.